Everybody was once that person at the beginning saying, I don't know what to do and I don't want to do. Everybody just needs to be an open and invite people in and help them learn. People's well-being is looked after and that's what I take as part of my technical direction part and not being not just making sure the show goes on well but the people are looked after. So do you want to tell us what do you like the most about your job now? <laughs> <laughs> He's shaking his head. <laughs> um, I enjoy the variety of it. I mean there's so much I'm working with different people from different nationalities. Welcome to the Theatre Art Live podcast, and hello! We're putting the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around the globe, the culture creators, the backstage masters. My name is Anna Aguilera. And my name is Anna Robb. On this episode, we'll be talking to Gareth Smith about technical direction. Gareth is a technical director based out of London in the United Kingdom. He started his career as a light technician and has worked as a stage manager, production manager, company manager and technical director. Garrett's credits include production manager of Four Secret Cinema, technical director for Kinren by Eleven Arches, production manager for Royal Caribbean International, chief electrician at Zorro London and the Lion King at West End, technical manager for the takeout of the Scarlet Lady for Virgin Voyages, among many others. Hello, welcome to the show. Hi. So, Gareth, tell us, it sounds like you've done technical direction in a number of realms of entertainment. So, tell us, first of all, what, what being a technical director means to you and also how do you apply that skill set as you move through different genres of entertainment? Technical direction for me means something, and I'm going to go into this like you mentioned about different genres. It is interesting to see how the word technical direction applies across the different areas. What I found for me is how I describe it is managing the entire technical operation from everything that happens within the venue for anything that's regarding to the technical aspects of the show. So show lighting, sound, audio, if there's automation in it, any part of that aspects. What I found when I go across the different genres between stage management and theatre and ships and outdoor shows is that technical direction for them and a lot of those people includes everything else that's involved in, in the show, be it emergency lighting, power, ground support, things like that. So that's quite interesting. But for me, the heart of it lies in making sure that the show operates and is put on safely for the entertainers on board, all, all the entertainers on land, that all the staff are well treated and looked after, which is something that is I found is passed by the pass by sometimes that um, the technical teams are pushed to the limit and I like to make sure that I manage that time with them make sure everybody's having a safe working time I know it's difficult sometimes where teams are being pushed to the limit and they're being asked to do as more than they can and they just keep going and going and going and I try and make sure that, that we limit ourselves to that and we have if it needs telling the client that we need more time and no more people then I'll be the person who'll say that and then make sure I can be the bad guy for all those guys that guys are working on the event because I like to make sure that everybody is looked after, which is something that is when you go from cruise ships to land-based to outdoor to live, it's lost in this abyss of uh, when you get to show up and running. And often that, um, you know, especially when you're working with a number of freelancers, 
there's nobody to really defend them right like they're not they're not full-time they don't have all those benefits so it's really got to take somebody to take care of their interests really right that's right yeah and nobody really looks after them nobody looks after the especially say like freelancers on say like a corporate job in london that that myself or nobody else has met before so that they come in for that day and just to do that job on the thing and it might be that a very stressful i had one uh, event for example at wembley where I'd never met any of the freelancers by one of them before, and it was very high-pressured to get things done. Yet I was the one who would be the bad guy and go and tell the client, hey, we, we can't do this, but we can do this. This is how you can do it, because it's, it's important that people's well-being is looked after, and that's what I take as part of my technical direction part, and not, being, not just making sure the show goes on well, but the people are looked after. I think that fits well with uh, all the mental health webinars that we've been having at Theatre Art Live. Yeah, we had this that discussion very, this morning about taking care of people and and making sure that they have the, the right needs and, and all of their needs are met in terms of mental health and adequate time and adequate rest and adequate support is important to, for people to be feeling happy in their job, basically. Absolutely, yeah. If they don't feel happy, like I've said this to people when working on cruise ships, if you're not happy being here, let me know and I'll get. I'll make sure you get home because there's nothing worse than being at work and not liking it. My, I do the work because I love it and I. that's my hobby, is that is the work. And there has to be a work-life balance as well and I'll try and make sure that that happens with anybody I work with. Mm. Let's talk about the technical part of technology. So how, how does each company or show approach the technology part differently? What kind of technology do you use and what do they expect you to know? Is it like, okay, we'll just build a set versus we're going to bring everything or we have the most high tech that we can find? What I found is that, say like, for example, Royal Caribbean, who, who have taken me now to many times to work up their aquifer their understanding is that they bring in the technology you know my my part or my taking that is i don't really get a chance to say if anything what will happen or what will do i have to just learn what what's been put in and, and, and do that versus for example the land gig on like bikinran for example up in the northeast i had um 90 say of what would happen and what technology we brought in for that which made it easier because, for example, Kinran there, which was really good for me as a little step back, was um, I said at the, beginning of, at the beginning of the interview that I was a volunteer to start with myself. So Kinran is built on all volunteers. It's a cast of a thousand volunteers plus 500 technicians, which are all volunteers. So it was really nice to do that sort of flip back and give back as a volunteer back to them. But for me, as technical director, for them, that was, you know, it was important for me to bring in the technology that I knew that they could manage and they could look after themselves in the show versus bringing in stuff that's be way, way out of control for to teach people um, how to operate it in a sh like a short period of time over like two months every weekend in two months to try and teach them how to do it. So for me, for the technology side, it, it does vary. So I've gone from either having it having no say into it to having all the say into it. And then in between as well, working on different corporate gigs in London and far is dealing with uh, going into different um, shows and entertainments and venues across here in London and uh, also in Europe. Um, having some say in the kit that we bring with us based on the technicians and the 
and the uh, technicians and the freelancers were having on the gig. And then also working with what the venue has to offer and then having to try and get as much information from the venues and from the clients as possible to give that information back to the technicians prior to them and starting. So for me, for my job is what I find is, is the technology is quite difficult, um, but to try and get the information out, whatever it is, to, to the people before the before the job starts. That's, that's the most important thing to try and get that information out there. And that's what we did with Virgin Voyages as well. It was um, we had a new team that went out there, and there was the team on board was probably out there quite early before the ship even started to move around. But we had them come on board and learn the technology from the from the people who were installing it. So everybody who was installing the sound and the lighting, we had the guys that would be actually running it, working with them on board to learn that technology. And that's the path. That's how we sort of set that forward. And that's it's a really good way for them to learn. It's quite difficult sometimes because it's a little bit monotonous some of the some of the days. But generally, they were able to learn all the information they need to know from the people who are installing the equipment. Uh, generally, you, you're, you've, you've got to be potentially very adaptable depending on what project you're going to take, you know, because your role changes, uh, essentially. You're channeling the technical information down to crews, but sometimes you're leading that and sometimes you're just taking it from what has been given to you. And that's an interesting thing because, uh, you know, when you're trying to define what your job is, it's, not, it's never one thing, right? Yeah, it's completely it's completely different. It's um it's taking everything that's technical and their people and what what their perception of you is and taking that into a big ball and then trying to pick bits out of it and get give feed the correct information to the people and to your technicians that are operating it. So it's never one simple thing. It's never one technical director is this. You can't go into a book and write it and, and say this is the technical director. It's completely varied upon the the end client and I think that's something that's quite unique about the industry as well because you know it's like an accountant is an accountant whereas you know sometimes I'll get to a gig and I'll say okay what's what is my what is their expectation of my role in this gig right and and how do I have to fill that for them I know what I think I'm doing but what do they think I'm doing and then let's meet together so tell us about how do you think technology will continue to shape show business in terms of new technologies obviously with so much changes so quickly now in terms of technology and, and as soon as you buy gear it's kind of old because new stuff is coming out and it's not necessarily i'm of the belief that it's not necessarily the latest and the greatest that means that you're going to have a great show it's how it's how that technology is used that is important but we are we're changing so rapidly now with technology and how do you think that's shaping show business i do think i have seen that in both both ways. I won't give the, the names of the companies, but I've seen it in both ways where things have been brought out and it's the newest and greatest stuff. And the same the same time period, if you like, something, a thing I've worked on a show and it's been five years behind when it's by the time it's come out. Um, and I think it's just, the, you know, still both great shows on the end, same, you know, amazing products. I just think as you say, things are coming out so fast. You know, one week is there's a new product coming out every week, and every every company is trying to set a different bar and, and bring that higher and higher and higher and higher. And I think it's just managing that and um, the what is needed for the production because what's needed for production may not be the latest and greatest. It may be something that's you know that's been around for a while, and that and that I've found usually that is the case because 
it may, it may be the latest and greatest, but there may be 3% of the population of technicians who know how to use it and use it well. So it's about, you know, I, I know I've, I've got a group, a massive group of um, really strong lighting technicians who know how to work and work at Rename or work hog or work a, you know, a, a lighting desk and how to manipulate the lights and give a great effect. And that's, that's what I want from a production. And I want people who know it not have to have to get a new show up and running with um, a solid crew, but have zero information or zero referencing against the product. Mm. So I think, you know, products can come out left, right and center, and they will continue to do that. But there just needs to be the, the training level given by those companies that, that spread out across the, all the technicians. So, you know, like a lot of big companies like Very Light or Martin produce these new lights and, and equipment. And that's great, but they just need to make sure that the training is given back down the channel so everybody gets to learn it. Because I think that that's, that's, the, that's the only downside of getting new technology is that the information and how to use it and how to use it well isn't given back down as much as it should be. I have two questions related to this, but unrelated between them. One is, okay, let's talk about training and how the specific companies will train us on their equipment and how that relates to, well, in, in here in the US would be maybe USITT or ETCP for the, the training. And I think for you in, in the UK would be the, the ABTT, the Association of British Theatre Technicians. I'm going to say it because if not, I'm going to forget. But then is how do you hand over that knowledge? That it, it is difficult to hand over that knowledge. And, you know, a lot of the trainings, you know, I've been to more trainings than I can count. And some of them are way more complex than others. Trainings need to be more uh, specific at their target audience, I find, that I've been to quite a few trainings that have been on the forefront learning about the new technology, but then you go to it and it's, it's too in depth and you just, you're trying to learn too much information in such a short period. So it's, it's really difficult to try and get the right information from companies who I guess in a way are trying to um, make sure that they're, they're not spending too much money on training and not spending much more of their time on it. But what, what the end up product is, is you're getting a training that's maybe out of 10 people in the class, three or four are able to learn and pick it up really fast, but others are just picking up some of it and then not enough. So it, it, training needs to be more developed and more directed at the people that they're offering it to. Some companies, companies, companies do it really well and some just are lacking behind and just offering a general training or a, an advanced training, but there needs to be let different more levels to, for people to pick up. People pick up at different rates of, and that's what we just need to get into more. And I guess that's where it makes it easier or harder when you're handing over to a different technician and the same production. And then how do you feel about all the certifications and the big associations and getting your card and passing the exam and maybe not really learning, but also having a parameter or what they know? How do you relate that to hiring maybe? There's only one I would say that I would look at. You know, there's all the different associations and the different levels and cards, as you said. When I think of that and I think of like a light technician or a sound engineer, my first thought isn't, oh, does he have his Association of Lighting Designers card on him and anything like that, or his sound engineer card. 
the only the only one I would look at if I'm going to hire a rigger, for example, and I want to know what level of qualification they have. That's that in my mind, in my technical head. That's if I'm doing a show. If the guy has got a good background and I worked with him before, lighting, sound, things. But for anything that's you know really health and safety, flying, rigging, putting points above people's heads, then I want to see some form of qualification, and that's where like ETCP would come into play or those different type of rigging levels. Do you have any suggestions for technicians around the globe that can't have really access to that? I think, you know, in, you know, in everywhere, you know, I know here in the UK, there is in the US, and I'm pretty sure in, in like there is other ones around the world that there are different versions of the qualifications to, to, to go to. And pretty much, you know, everywhere has different companies that provide different levels of Uh, rigging certifications here in the UK I can think of probably like three um you know you've got out in the states you've got the big one out there so I think as, as long as you've got some form of certification from a recognized rigging company that's a good step to towards um the future and working with different productions yeah I mean it's so hard because you know there's there's no standardization across the globe and I, I can imagine when you're thinking about ships because you've got people coming from everywhere around the globe to work on the same shows. Is there any kind of um, discourse between groups of people about how to do something because everybody has different methods of the way they've learned how to do something? There's different courses here in the UK. You know, we have the Plaza National Rigging Certificate, the NRC one, and then there's those ones, for example, and then there's IRATA ones that can do different rigging ones. I think there's the different there's different these different levels that companies obviously are bringing together. It would be nice if it was just one certification across the world, but I think that's very difficult to try and get to. So yeah. um, I just think it's you know, as long as you've got one of these levels from the from these nationals companies that you can work forward and, and manage it. And that plays out on a ship. How, like for example, if you're TDing on a ship and people are coming from those different backgrounds, like how do, is there arguments about How the what's the right way to do something, or is it is there generally a mutual respect for for each person's qualification and training? As as a rigger, if you like, if you inverted commas in rigger on board um, a royal ship, for example, if you're coming to it, they require you, unless you've got exceptional circumstances otherwise, to have the ETCPA certification. That is a requirement on their job spec for that. Right. And there may be some um, allowances in that, say, like if you've worked for the company for X amount of years and you've got so much experience and you've got your experience level is higher than any, you could even manage with the certification. So they'd look at that. But at the same time, are you managing any difficulties between people as a technical director about those things? Yeah, because everybody has different ways of thinking about it and Well, I've done this course here in this 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 course over in the UK, and I've worked on different shows and different levels here. And a lot of people do think that different levels in different countries mean different things. Oh, I've done to level three in the UK, so that means that's higher than your level in the US, and the bickering begins a little bit. But there isn't a set level. It's just interesting to sort of bring up and how how we how we manage that as a company and worldwide really to figure out what we can do for that that training level for riggers, which is, you know, high, high up there in that, in that safety bracket. Mm. And how do you deal that when your team is bickering about those things? Like how do you deal with that as a TD? Just we have an open approach to them, get everybody together and talk about it. I show them what their requirements are for being in that position. 
And then we work with them on board, say if they've had some training at home or they're going to have some training done at home, then we'll work with them on board and work with the qualified riggers that are, are on board. Anna Tompkins is a good example. She's, I've worked with her. Um, she's been my rigger on board and I've worked with her and she's helped me help train other people on board and get them more competent in equipment and ropes and climbing so that when they do go home, they have got a better experience level and they're able to get their qualifications done and come back as a different position. So do you want to tell us what do you like the most about your job now? <laughs> <laughs> He's shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> um, I enjoy the variety of it. I mean, there's so much. I'm working with different people from different nationalities, not just, you know, English, British, English people. Um, I work, love working with different people across the world um, and not just the technicians as well. Obviously, that's my main goal, but actually working with uh, the creatives and all the performers as well. A really great mix of people, you know, especially with working on cruise ships where you, the family is on board there and so I've you know I've got a family now of about 600 people um which I've gained over like 10 years and you're one of them both of you um and I think it's the 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 participation levels of of and the interactions that you have with people really makes a difference and then at the end of the day seeing the show that you've put together I'll give you an example Kimran when I worked on the shop there uh, when I started I'd never seen the show I'd only watched it on a little on a little iPhone screen when it'd been playing. So that's how I saw the show. And then when we put it all together and on that opening night and I stood up on top of the control booth watching the show to come together and I was like, yeah, I did that. That was really good. And then to get that really good glowing feeling inside and then work together uh, on, on the future shows, that's what really gives me a buzz. And if you could change anything about how the industry works, what would you change? I would change the levels of how people are perceived is sometimes harder than it needs to be. I think it's difficult sometimes these days to get into the industry because um, you, people are given a hard time a little bit to come in or to be a stage manager. You'll never be a stage manager. I think it needs to be a lot, uh, an easier way to get in and to have the support from everybody. Not everybody is supportive and everybody needs to be. Everybody was once that person at the beginning saying, I don't know what to do and I don't want to do. So I think everybody, myself, you know, I, you know, I sometimes I'm harsh on other people and it just happens to be that way, but everybody just needs to be an open and invite people in and help them learn. I like that answer. More supportive. And we all have been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been very nice and very good to have a different approach of what theatre is or live entertainment. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gareth. Enjoy talking to you. It's wonderful. Gareth's production company is called Tech Production Services, and you can find them online at www.techproductionservices.com. Please write a review on our podcast whenever you listen to our podcast and let your friends know about us. You can learn more about Theatre Art Life by visiting our website at www.theatreartlife.com. And you can follow us on social media and leave your questions or comments on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, or YouTube. We really want to thank David Zaya for composing the music for our podcast and Michelle Sharotta, who is our sound engineer. We are your hosts, Anna and Anna, and this is the Theatre Art Life podcast, where we put the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around the world.